Tech Dorks. Welcome to the Tech Dorks Podcast, where I, Rob Swindell, and my Canadian friend Stephen Hurd discuss things interesting to us and maybe be the listener. This show is an unscripted, unedited, unprofessional look into what interests Stephen and I. The only subjects off limits are the three W's, wives, work, and wardrobes. If you don't know the difference between Ether and Ethernet, then this show may not be for you, but still, we hope you enjoy it. So by wardrobes, you mean like all of the clothes you have or like the thing that you put your clothes in? Uh, I was thinking of the clothes themselves. Okay, but so we, we can still way. talk about like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Just <laughs> not. We can talk about your closet, okay? I don't yeah. have a closet. I have a wardrobe. My wife okay. has a closet, and yeah. I have nothing in it. Oh crap! That's two of them right there. Yeah, yeah. You just did it. Yeah, now we just now you just need to. Well, my wife is a woman. Work, work. Oh right. So it's not wives, women's, and war, wardrobes. Uh, work. Yeah. Well, ha- Happy work New today. Year. Oh yeah. It's 2016. Yeah, it's 2016. It's January 6th, episode 16, and 2016. So oh. it's like six is all over the place. Yeah, except it's only uh, one eleven. If we waited another five minutes, it would have been one sixteen, <laughs> twenty sixteen. So it'd be like one sixteen, one sixteen. I think I'm actually going to point that out in four minutes, five minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because that's that's pretty cool. So the, the last episode we talked about uh, mostly we just talked about Star Wars, right? The new Star Wars. And uh, I think there were some comments I wanted to we, see. We discussed some of the old Star Wars as well. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's, I think, what the most of the comments were on was not not the new one, but the old ones. Oh. Well, there was some feedback uh, on our website slash BBS network. Uh, oh. Kirk you know, you know provided is? some feedback. Uh-uh. And uh, he took his kids, and it sounds like he had a you know, very similar experience. He agreed with some of our observations and took issue with some of the others, but uh, mm-hmm. it seemed well, like a lot I, of people agreed with you. There wasn't a whole lot of character formation yeah. or, or ex- explanation. <clears throat> well, and, you know, I, it, it wouldn't bother me so much if it wasn't for the fact that it was a great movie, you know, that... <laughs> It, it was the most. If it was ex- worse. It, it would have bothered me. Right. More. If it was just all around bad, it, it wouldn't. Have, you know, have been. Uh, Disney's ruining the franchise. You yeah. know. Yeah, I do, I do have a new theory of about Ray, and this isn't a spoiler because this is something I just made up the other day, and that's that Ray is actually Luke's clone because we know that his lightsaber was found on. Uh, Cloud, at the base of Cloud City? I don't know, like below yeah. Cloud City, I guess. Um, we know that his lightsaber was found, so presumably his hand was found as well. So, my... See, I, I'm not so sure that... The they're about the same is, size. I mean, someone found it. If they found a lightsaber... They could be floating in space. No, they were, they were on Cloud City. Which is they floating in, in space. space. No, it's in the clouds. <laughs> the clouds are around a planet. They're not in space. They're they not never space showed, clouds. They never really explained that. What? The, no, they never showed the planet that the cloud city was above. But they they showed the clouds. Yeah, but right. That could just and be they some mentioned the planet, right? It was a Thespin or something. Bes- Bespin. That was it. I thought that was actually that was the whole thing. Was that no, no, cloud the, city? The, the planet was Bespin, and Cloud yeah. City is Cloud City. It's the city in the clouds. 
They never showed a planet. They never well, talked the, about the going planet to the was planet. under the clouds. Yeah, well, they never showed it. I don't know. I just well, like you couldn't see it. The clouds were in the way, <laughs> but they were on a planet. Otherwise, there wouldn't be clouds. There's no space clouds. I don't know. There could be. It could be some weird thing in space. And anyway, in they Wars found his lightsaber. Universe, and you know, so presumably, however, they found his lightsaber. They could have also found his hand. Yeah. Right. If it works for the saber, it works for the hand. And anyway, so the Empire got a hold of this hand, and they cloned um, Luke Skywalker, but they just used the X chromosome. Either the Y chromosome was damaged, or they figured that maybe a a girl would be easier to manipulate, or maybe they figured uh, the Force is stronger in girls. I don't actually know. Mm -hmm. Because it it was implied that Leia was stronger than Luke in the Force back in the original trilogy. So, you know, maybe... But anyways, for whatever reason, they decided to clone Luke Skywalker as a girl. And that's right. So the Empire was raising her as a weapon to use against Luke. And, um, you know, until she was five or six or seven, however old she was in that flashback. And then, you know, the Empire got their butts kicked and they had to pull out of the planet they were on. And, uh, you know, presumably when the Star Destroyer crashed there and everything. So there were adults on that on that planet, too. Yeah, yeah. So there was clearly some yeah. big emperor empire thing happening yeah. there. Yeah. Now later, we we were watching the the original trilogy again, and my daughter uh, said, "You know, I I was that Hoth they were on." She was thinking that maybe it like transformed from an ice planet to a desert planet because it had Adats and it had the crashed Star Destroyer. Yeah, I don't think they would rename but, it that quickly. Even if well, it, and yeah, I, I was just like, no, they had AT-ATs all over them. They had AT-ATs or something similar to an AT-AT um, mm. on the Ewok planet, Endor, mm. or Moon. What I guess. Yeah, it it's moon. not the only place AT-ATs were used. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so the Empire had her was was raising her to be used as a weapon against Luke, or possibly as a new Sith sidekick or whatever. Right, um, and we know clones are part of right. The, clones are part of yeah. the story and everything. So yeah, cloning is a well-established the technology and thing. Then, yeah. and uh, so yeah, and then that's why she doesn't have a last name. Not that anyone in the movie really had a last name, but her especially, she doesn't have a last name. Yeah. Well, Poe has a last name, I think. Yeah. yeah. Jammer or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, so so that's the story. You'll you'll see that in the next, the next script, and they'll think it's really shocking, but it won't be to any of you, the listeners, because I have now spoiled the next movie. That I don't know <laughs> if they've even started shooting it yet. But oh yeah, I thought they were like, like already done filming the next movie. No, well, what do you mean by the next movie? The next one that they were going to release. Oh, they're okay. saying Poe Dameron. I thought it was oh Jammer. Maybe I heard Jammerin and yeah. it's Dameron. Yeah, the next movie is Rebel One, and that's um, between episodes three and four, just before four. Really? So yeah, it's it's about. And it's gonna be a Disney movie. Yeah, just, just like Star Wars. Oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, so okay, so so the next movie is not going to be episode eight. Right, episode seven is forever going to be the only Star Wars feature film whose episode number matches the release order. Ever? Ever. Huh. Because episode eight is going to come after Rebel One. 
So episode eight will be the ninth feature film in the Star huh. Wars universe. I, I, I guess I haven't followed it at all. I had no idea the next movie was already like. I mean, so do they have any kind of trailers or previews or anything for it? Um, I think they might have a teaser for it. I know I've seen like pictures of the cast. Um, I don't know if I've seen an actual like teaser trailer kind of thing. Um. <clears throat> Let me check the Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm checking. I see, I see car, a cartoon and some. Now look uh, for Rebel One. Com- I did. Um, I see like a comic book, comic series, animated series. Rebel One. Maybe it's maybe it's not Rebel One, but it's, maybe it's Rogue One. That's it. Rogue One. Oh, okay. Rogue One. Yeah, it's Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Anyways, upcoming. Blah blah blah. Film is produced. Yada 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 trailer. No, no trailer mentioned on Wikipedia, so it must not exist. Huh. Um, principal photography began in early August 2015. And you said it, it was between four and five? Between three and four. Oh, three and four. So it's Yeah, it, it's about them getting the plans to the Death Star. Oh, that'll be interesting, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it'll be like a space battle movie, right? It's about the ships and the dogfighting and that kind of thing is, is yeah. kind of the impression I get. So it's like I wonder if they'll so have a, like a young commander. Princess Leia in it. No, they're not going to have any of the main Star Wars story arc uh, characters. Is uh, kind of what they announced. Huh. Yeah, it's it's just the the group of rebel spies who go steal the plans, kind of thing. Okay, then they don't cover. They don't show how she gets them to Leia. Like I don't know. If if they do, it'll be like right at the end, and she'll be off screen or. CGI'd in or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. StarWars.com. They actually have a whole. Yeah, I never go here. They show <laughs> the whole series, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Rogue One. Yeah, it's like Xbox One. <laughs> well, no, it's like you know, Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron. Oh, no, I, I know, but you know, I'm just, Red One. Xbox One comes after Xbox 360, which came out well, that's the right. first Xbox. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's something special about Episode Seven. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Xbox One, I did get one for Christmas. Yes, is it massively better than the 360? I I, I still have just a couple 360s around the house. And yeah, they're fine. Yeah, we have a couple. We have two 360s. <laughs> uh, two separate 360s. <laughs> are funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and um, this was on a list that I. But you only did. have one, one, right? I have one of the original ones. Yeah. No, oh, no, I have no, one, not one, one yes. original. So you one. have you have. One first, th- two yep. 360s, and one one. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the the one, the Xbox One only has HDMI output, and I don't know if there is any way to convert that to uh, component video. Hmm. But my, uh, my biggest TV, my theater room, is a 65-inch rear projection that's pretty much on its last leg. Oh, is it? What's going on? Like, you just can't get the convergence right? or Yeah, yeah. It, 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 some of the... Yeah, you can't get it right. It's kind of getting kind of fuzzy and, you know, it just... Compared to any other TV nowadays, it looks like crap. Well, it's it's possible that you might just have to dust the CRTs. Oh, I'm sure it, ne- it probably does need dusting. Yeah. But uh, it also needs to be thrown away. Anyway. That's too tough. It's upstairs, man. <laughs> I know. That thing know. weighs 700 pounds. I'll have to disassemble it. <laughs> But it doesn't uh, help much. It doesn't have HDMI input, and even my 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 uh, 
receiver up there, you know, the audio video receiver doesn't have mm-hmm. HDMI switching or any kind of HDMI. And I don't know of any uh, AVRs or whatever uh, that c- will convert from HDMI to component. Right. I think it's a security issue. Right. Um, you, you, you can get illegal things that do that. Yeah. Um, well, it's legal to sell them. It's not legal to have them. Um, but there was also Mitsubishi actually made a box for that, um, for their HD ready TVs. Um, there was a separate outboard box that did HDMI. Yeah, and and so I have another TV. I have a a, a, a fifty-five inch LCD, uh, tiny little set. Yeah, thing. yeah, downstairs. Which normally is, I mean, we you know we play Xbox on it. We watch tel- television on it from fairly far away, like fifteen mm. feet away from it. It's all fine. The the Xbox One. Uh, really requires a very big TV, or you, or right. for you use to sit small font or use the small fonts. Um, everything. Is, so I didn't realize that uh, the Xbox, that the, the, the 360, uh, really is not a 1080 resolution device. Um, when you go back and forth, we switch between 360 and the one, or mm-hmm. when you run the 360 games in the one because it runs it like in a VM and it goes into 360 well, that's mode. that's like the 360 ones that ran, or the, the the Xbox games that ran on the 360. It it's a lot of work. It's not actually running the actual game. It's running a ported version. Okay, but the but you, yeah. it looks the same. <clears throat> uh, and and when you do that. You know, it, it's it's obviously uh, lower resolution, and and I always thought, oh, everything looks fine. Well, once you run the the one, uh, you realize no, the the three sixty is not native ten eighty. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's it's not nearly the resolution of of the. the I'm, one. I'm pretty sure it's capable of ten eighty p because it's, I have it configured for ten eighty. I totally you know. Yeah, they made I, a big I, deal out of it when they yeah. added the zoom video support oh, for ten eighty. No, no, it's it's a big difference. Right, I believe most yeah. games aren't right. Um, no, the games are. Oh, you mean the games are not, the games are not 1080? You mean right? Why? Well, okay, so the 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 actual you know OS or whatever you want to call it the 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 Xbox UI, um, it's considerably sharper and and uses a lot smaller fonts. And then the games we've played are all all the controls and buttons anything they show on the screen that you're expected to you know look at and understand is much smaller so right but just being sharper isn't necessarily an indication of of different resolution no but you can but when you switch you you see it you you i don't know how to explain it that the text is all very it looks like a computer monitor as opposed to a television you know and it's the same screen and i'm running right from the same resolution you, you know you can actually control the sharpness of something you know if the 360 has heavy anti-aliasing then and the, yeah that could be it right but, and then but they're the, also they the also one might actually you know do the sub pixel rendering well whatever you know. all, all the icons they show the text they show on the 360 is all much bigger right and and on on the one they just i, I don't know if it's because they assume you're running 1080 or you have a big big screen or whatever but um i find i have to sit fairly pretty close to it you know and there's no setting that adjusts that no not that i've seen i mean i I can't say for sure but i certainly haven't seen anything and and, and it seems uh yeah 
anyway, I, I'm sure I haven't scratched the surface on the capabilities of the thing. It's much more multitasking. It's you know like you know why you don't, don't have, have to multitasking. Yeah, you don't. I don't know why you would, but you, it's like the game continues to run when you go to you know the main UI, where you can like look at other things like the, the store. You can be mm. installing another game while you're still playing a game. Or well, um, that I finally like. Can it do updates in the background? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, well, that's good. That but right there is the, worth the five hundred bucks to get one. The first, they're not five hundred bucks. Well, they're however like much three hundred, but. Um, it depends on the size of the drive and whether you get the, uh, the uh, I was going to say connect. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The thing that detects your hands? Right, that thing. The connect, which I didn't get with, with mine. We had we have two of them. We hardly ever use them, so didn't did not get the connect for the one. Um, but the first thing I, I notice is, you know, you turn it on. It, it needs to update the firmware and the controller, uh, which is not a big deal. It didn't take very long. But then it has to download updates for the, you know, the Xbox itself and that was like i want to say it was like four gigs or something to download Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like okay good thing i have fast you know internet Mm -hmm. um and then it was like every game i put in had to download huge updates like seven gigs to update call of duty or something you know what i mean you know it was a new new version you know it wasn't the 360 version it was a Right, the new one, just massive updates. I mean, you know, the the maybe the you know the box is quicker and everything, but the content is all so much bigger. Well, what, what do you mean then by an update? So, you, so you had a disc with the Xbox One Call of Duty game. Yeah, and no, you put yeah, that yeah, in. Right, right, right. And it said, "I got to download an update for this in order for you to be able, be able to play." And it, it was seven it, gigs. Yeah, huh. it, was, it was huge. It was like seven gigs. It might have been ten gigs. I don't remember. Because <laughs> I installed several games, you know, and they all just took a long time. Now, it's a good thing you can play other stuff and do other stuff with the box while it's downloading. Uh, but they're just huge. Hmm. And it's like, you know, why is the content, you know, that much more? I mean, I don't know if they, you know, just because it's higher resolution or, you know, they, they went to a biggest, bigger address space or I don't know what. Or there's, you know, not being very conservative with their use of the, the media or the storage or whatever but anyway um the uh, controller seems very much like the 360 controller but of course they're not okay. compatible really no they're not compatible not even the wireless ones nope yeah. not even not not a bit and and everything's like 10 bucks more you know the games are 10 bucks more than the 360 the controllers are like 10 bucks more than the 360 you know mm-hmm uh, it came with the the unit we bought or got as a gift. Uh, it came with one controller. Uh, I got it from my brother. He also gave, he got me one of those. It's called a Cronus Max. It's a USB dongle that you plug into it, and it's um, you. It has like a female USB as well as plugging in, and it'll like translate. So you can plug a a PC keyboard, a PC mouse. Um, mm. You can also plug in. Um, Xbox 360 controllers, PS4 controllers, all kinds of different mix and match stuff. Right. Um, Unfortunately, it it only works with wired controllers, and I only own wireless controllers. Well, but you've got the play and charge things, don't you? Yeah, I do, but it doesn't. That doesn't actually do data. That that I I tried it. So you're talking about where where you have the 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 rechargeable battery that goes in a 360 wireless controller, and it has a, a, Mm -hmm. a USB cable that comes out of it. Right. Yeah, that that USB cable is only for charging the battery. Well, what wait the the USB cable plugs into the controller, not the battery. Right, but it charges the battery. 
That's what's right. Purpose. But I'm pretty sure I've played it without the battery in it. Like I plugged that thing in without a battery. Okay. In then it's supplying. Then it's supplying power to the it's unit, but it's not actually communicating the, uh, the hmm. controller o- over that cable. It's still just a wireless controller. Uh, hmm. So. That explains why my controller isn't detected by my Windows computer when I plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. So they sell something, uh, when I say they, I think Microsoft sold, sold them for a while, now they don't, but it, it's a little wireless thing that plugs into a PC w- with USB and then allows you to use 360 controllers on a PC. Wireless right. 360 controllers. And that same oh, okay. adapter can be plugged into this Cronus Max thing, and then you can theoretically use a wireless controller. <laughs> uh, but I think you know, it's kind of a, a long way to go, you know, yeah. to, uh, and, and I don't, and I think it only, it may only support one controller. You know, we own eight Xbox yeah. 360 controllers, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we did go out and buy, <laughs> I went to Walmart, you know, on, on New Year's Eve. Because the kids really wanted to play, you know, head to head and um, well, split screen. All right, and you paid seventy bucks for a new controller. Yep, sure did. Yeah. Halo Special Edition because that's all they had. <laughs> it was like sixty-eight bucks at Walmart. Hmm. You know, of course, they had. Did wire it come phones, with free downloadable content for your Halo? It did, but I don't own Halo, so. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a Halo box. Uh, no, it's not the Halo edition. No, no, no. I mean, e- Xbox—the only oh. thing it has going for it oh, is yeah. Halo. Uh, no, I disagree. I I don't really have an opinion, but I mean, as far as games that only exist for Xbox, really, yeah. Halo's kind of the one. Yeah, and I'm not a huge Halo fan. Yeah, uh, I I really liked um, I really liked the Call of Duty series. The newer stuff's a little bit too futuristic and unrealistic. I really like the like World World War Two era stuff. Um, I like the Ghost Recon series, going back yeah. to the first uh, Xbox as well. Yeah, I remember you. You told me to buy one one of the uh, Call of Duty games, and then we'd play together. And I got it, and I played through the single player like until I stopped sucking really hard. And then I was like, "Yeah, we should totally play that." And you're like, "Oh, I don't even play that anymore." <laughs> Well, I played the newer one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. fine. Screw you. I'm never going to oh. buy yeah. another game on your recommendation again. Well, you got to mm. keep up with the series, you know? No, I, I don't have to. Yeah, I know. In fact, There's a new game I, every year, I think. Yeah. Um, did you see you heard that uh, Lemmy, the singer from Motorhead, died? Yep. Yep. Um, I thought it was odd that the, the quick little, not quite obituary, but a little announcement from his band site... Um, said he was playing a video game when he died. Let me see. Did you did you happen to see that? What, I, what I'm talking I, about? I didn't. I I heard you tell me about it, and you actually like quoted it to me, and so I just believed you. Oh. But I will go to Motorhead.com, and they manufacture automotive parts. <laughs> um, it, it's it's probably on MySpace. Motorhead. I motorhead dot com. I don't know. Let me see here. I'm looking for what's Yeah. Born to lose, live to win. Rainbow. And and he used to hang out at this this uh, restaurant in Hollywood called the Rainbow. And then it said he was playing a video game. 
called Rainbow, which I don't understand. There's a game called Rainbow Six, but it was it was very yeah. Uh, okay, so on the he learned the disease and was at home sitting in front of his favorite video game from the Rainbow, which had recently made its way down the street with his family. Does it make any sense? Well, let me read the whole sentence. <laughs> he had learned of the disease on December twenty sixth and was at home sitting in front of his favorite video game from the Rainbow which had recently made its way down the street with his family. (laughs) (sighs) Now, the Rainbow is a bar or a restaurant in... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Rainbow bar owner brought a video game machine that Lemmy was fond of playing. Oh, he brought him a video game machine. I'm, I'm I'm finding this on Wikipedia. Ah... Okay, so Rainbow is not the name of the so it's, video. It's from no, it's no, it's from his favorite bar, video Rainbow. game from the Rainbow. Right, right. Which had recently made its way down the street. Yeah, presumably not by itself. Yeah. Oh, it says I'm supposed to have a drink. Okay, sociables. What told you you have to have a drink? The webpage, the Motorhead webpage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's sad news, but. It you is. Know, I, when I die, I hope it's. I hope I'm playing a video game. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like I'd, I'd rather be doing that than like burning to death or drowning or something. Oh, sure, but I mean, I'd rather be you know like on on a snowmobile or jumping out of a plane or you know doing something like doing something, not sitting. Oh, not like having a virtual sitting. experience. <laughs> he he was at home sitting. I mean, <laughs> you snowboarding or riding. A right? Yeah, he was. He was playing a video a game of of riding a snowmobile, and he yeah. hit a brick wall. And, <laughs> well, he died, and then the snowmobile hit a brick wall in the game, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sad. You're sitting at home in front of a video game, and that's you know how you die. I mean. Two days after you found out you're going to die. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. And, and what are you doing? You're sitting there playing video games and then you die. Yeah. I, you know, that's, that's not that I care. When I die, I will not care how I died. Yeah. When I'm dying, I might care. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably care deeply at that moment in time. <laughs> but <laughs> this is not after how I, I die, <laughs> no, I won't care. I, d- I do not want to die. See, that's the thing. Yeah. However, I die, I'm not going to really appreciate it at the time. Um, yeah. Right. So, so the co- the the title of the last episode podcast episode was uh, uh, "Spoiler Alert." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an intentional typo. Making fun of somebody who also made an intentional typo. I, I assume. don't think so. No. <laughs> so to get the joke, you have to look at the comments for episode fourteen. Well, you're not supposed to give it away. It's supposed to be an inside joke. Now it's oh. an outside joke. Okay. That's funny, guys. I mean, everything's funny at four a.m. when you're coming up with a title for the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really participate in the titling of the episodes no, anymore. I did yeah. for the first one or two, and I say like, I really don't care. Hmm. You know, it's got a number. That's fine. And I, yeah. I got some some. I, I, this was a very good Christmas for me. Yeah, I, I got a, a lot of stuff that I wished for. 
and I, I wrote Santa for her. Ooh, did you write Santa? <laughs> well, I, I sent an email to my wife about a year and a half ago. Ah, same thing, basically. <laughs> so, um, I did not get much no. this year, which is fine, because I would rather keep my money. Yeah. You know, um, if, if I... So, I'm an adult now. <laughs> if If I want something that costs $600... I'm going to go buy that $600 thing. I'm going to take $600 of my money, and I'm going to go buy that $600 thing. So, you know, having my wife buy me a $600 thing, right. it's it's coming out of the same money pool. Yeah. I so, I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if I wanted it $600 worth, I would already own it. And if I don't think it's really worth $600, I won't have it. So, yeah. But, but I did get meaningful gifts. I got a couple bottles of whiskey... And I got some funny T-shirts. Um, some another thing that I can't remember, but I'm sure I really liked it. You know, so it's really those those little things that are just great gifts for for a guy, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, that really suits him. You know, so someone really thinks now whiskey's a bit of a cop out for me. I mean, I I really like it. Don't ever not buy me whiskey. I'm not suggesting that. I thought um, you said it was scotch in the last episode. Scotch is whiskey, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, show what I know. Actually, yeah, yeah, I think they, they were, yeah, it was scotch. Um, but, yeah, so it, it is a bit of a cop-out. But, yeah, I, I like the thought. So I've, I've gotten old enough that I like either somebody whose finances are not tied with me to get me a really expensive gift or, you know, a really thoughtful gift instead. Yeah, and it's kind of the gift that keeps giving is you have more money in your bank in your bank account, right? And then you know I bought a guitar. So the day yeah. after Christmas, I bought myself a guitar, and you know, I it sounded, it sounded like uh, like it, it was a gift, but I guess it wasn't. No, it wasn't a gift. I no. I've kind of been so I'm left-handed, and I when I was young, I played the electric bass. And, um, like a year or two ago, I told somebody, like my wife, who we will not talk about, we were really violating those rules a lot. <laughs> um, but anyway. No, we're talking I, about you, and it just. Right, we're talking about me. It's just yeah. our lives are so intertwined. Um, but anyway, I mentioned to her that I wanted a banjo. Um, and she's like, a banjo? I'm like, yeah, I'd like to learn to play the banjo. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I like banjos. They're cool. Anyway, so a, a couple weeks later, um, she was out garage sailing, and she brought me home a uh, Squire, a Fender, Squire, Stratocaster, electric guitar, and a bass amp um, set. <laughs> That's an interesting set. It's an interesting set, yeah. She found that sailing. That's a grudge sailing. Yeah, she paid she like 25, 30 garage. bucks. A, yes. And uh, she wrote him and says, I know you wanted a banjo, so here's an electric guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right-handed. <laughs> well, I never I never really, at, at that point, I, w- I would have been happy with a right-handed banjo, to Certainly be honest. Certainly she knows you're left-handed. I mean, she's figured right. that out. Right. But, you know, um, I don't usually get left-handed stuff you know i i can often work right-handed yeah don't you do you ever use a mouse left-handed sure sometimes but But not not very often okay um generally i don't because 
you know, I was a service technician for years. And, you know, even after that, I would still often go to someone else's computer and use it. Yeah. And if you're used to using a mouse left-handed and you go to someone else's computer, you just, just like, totally, uh, I can't. Yeah do any most stuff I, I had a friend Dave McNeil just as a little site and he, he was a he still is I assume a, a spectacular artist and you know he was left handed mm. but when he uh, made art on the computer and he made a lot of rip art you know back mm. in the day uh, he always did that, all that right handed so I thought that was interesting he painted and drew with his left hand but yet when he used a computer and, and did art he did it with his right well, hand well did he use a digitizer tablet or no no Okay, yeah, so they weren't like really. Mouse. I mean, he may have used one. At work, we had him, and I think he did a little bit uh, just messing around. But you know, most of his work was uh, with a mouse. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so back to your guitar. Anyway, <clears throat> so she bought me this guitar, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to play the electric guitar." And she's like, "Well, I really don't want you learning to play a banjo where I can hear you." And I'm like, "Okay, well, that's that's fair." Um, that's so sweet. you know. I, I kind of messed around with it a little bit, but what what really ended up happening is I would like, you know, practice a little bit of guitar stuff, and then it's like, well, I'll just play play some cool bass lines, you know, because mm-hmm. I can play bass, and the top four strings in a guitar are basically a bass, and really, on, when you're playing bass, you, once you learn the top two strings, you're a bass player, so really, you only need the top two strings, and you're fine. So I was just, uh, you know, playing Peter Gunn theme and doing cool stuff, and I just fiddled with it that way and so it got really boring really quick mm-hmm. so anyway um like a month after i got the guitar i was Peter reading Gunn's da-dum, da-dum. what is that right no oh, that's pink panther oh i thought that boom, was boom 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 oh, okay boom, right boom, right 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 boom, boom. that's Peter Gunn. Okay. yeah um so anyway like a month after that i was kind of reading about my guitar like eh, maybe i should sell my guitar no i shouldn't it's not actually worth any money um but i was reading the reviews and i happened to like there was a left-handed one and the guy's like yeah you know i i learned to play the guitar i'm left-handed but i learned to play right-handed and really i only got to the point where i could play rhythm guitar um because you know i i didn't really have the ability to you know move beyond that and you know he really described how how he kind of plateaued in his development. He says, so I completely relearned to play the guitar left-handed, and now I'm way better than I ever could have gotten right-handed. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, that, that plateau, the way he described it, actually kind of matched my experience with the bass. I'm like, huh, well, then maybe I should just get a left-handed guitar. So I looked, and so the the guitar that you know you can pick up for 15 20 bucks on craigslist that fender squire stratocaster if you get the left-handed version it's like 100 bucks and it's not a very good guitar you know and yeah it should be that brand new should be 100 bucks yeah brand new that one is like 150 bucks left-handed all right um but yeah it's like 120 bucks right-handed um so anyway, then I was like, and really, I don't really want to play an electric instrument anyway. The The whole thing that I want is an instrument that I can pick up kind of anytime, anywhere, and play something. So, you know, I was like, okay, I want an acoustic. And then looked at acoustic guitars, and left-handed acoustic guitars kind of suffer from the same thing. They're not actually as bad, oddly enough. I mean, left-handed, well, and I didn't want a garbage one. That's kind of the thing. Once Once you get out of the 
$100 plus or minus guitars, they kind of level out. And the left and right-handed version are about the same. And it looks like really where they stop sucking is right around the $400 recommended retail price. So I was, for like a year, I was it, w- it was one of those things I looked for, right? On Craigslist or eBay or whatever. It was, you know, left-handed acoustic guitars. And there was like five or six models that I had that were, you know, potentials. You know, if I see one that's cheap enough, I'll, I'll probably buy it. So anyway, I happened to get the email from that one that there was this Washburn WD-10S guitar and it was uh, 160 bucks or best offer. I'm like, huh. You know, considering that that's like a 300 to 350 retail, you know, suggested retail is like 400 and something, but nobody eBay? sells it. Um, the guitar. It was on eBay? The $160 one, yes. Yeah, okay. And um, it was a finished flaw from, from the factory. So the guy had they were a dealer they were at the factory picking up stuff and this one had uh, like a a a ding on the end of it and uh you know it it all plays good they set it up everything works and there's there's no problems it just has a finish flaw and uh 160 bucks i'm like wow that's that's good you know that's half price and it was 160 bucks or best offer so i'm like oh okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to my wife so i said hey you know this I'm thinking of that, and it's. And she says, "Well, how much is it?" And I said, "160 bucks or best offer." The question should be, "How loud is it?" Well, oddly, <laughs> she never asked that, but yeah. Um, so anyway, you actually play song. Well, you can stick a sock under the strings or something. No, but you're not gonna do that. No, I won't. Um, but anyway, so she's like, "Well." What were you thinking of offering? I said, yeah, you know, I'll probably offer like 150 because it's free shipping, right? And it's going to cost 30, 40 bucks to ship a guitar. So, I mean, they need to make some money somehow. So anyway, um, she's like, well, I'll, I'll take care of it. And so she she gives them an offer of 120 bucks. I'm like, oh, they're not going to take that. Oh, well, whatever. You know, I'll just yeah. keep looking. You know, we j- we just had the, all the Christmas expenses and my birthday and everything. So it's, eh. And then, you know, next morning she's like, oh, by the way, they accepted the $120 offer. I oh, wow. So it should be here by Friday. And then, like, last night we were sitting in the hot tub and. Uh, oh, did it get hot? It never gets cold. It's a hot tub. I thought it was. Uh, it had the over- overheat thing. Yeah, it went down to like ninety six, but that was while I was at work, and Sharon noticed, so you know, oh, okay. she turned it back on, and yeah, it was it was heated back up. And anyway, we're sitting in the hot tub, and uh, Sharon's like, "Oh, and I mentioned that UPS says my guitar should be here by the weekend." And she's like, "Well, you've got a lot of stuff to do this weekend. I don't think I'm going to let you have it." <laughs> and and I'm like, "I don't think you understand. This is an acoustic." This is an acoustic steel string guitar, which I have never played in my life. And even when I did play a guitar instrument, I played it right-handed. So my right hand has no toughness to it. So after like 15 minutes of of practicing or fiddling around with the guitar, my fingers are going to hurt. I'm going to stop playing like 15 minutes. And then I'll have to stop for like an hour at least. So, I mean, this isn't that she's like, oh, no, you you type on the keyboard at work all day. Your fingers are going to be tough. And I'm like, they're not going to be that kind of tough. I mean, that's not, no. Yeah, that's no, quite no, different it's from not, scraping yeah. along <laughs> metal. Well, it's not the scraping, it's the pressing. 
No, I know, I know, yeah. but it's, the strings have ridges, or you know, or even the the solid core string are just they're they're yeah they're metal. <laughs> they hurt. True, but yeah, it, it's it's more the pressing uh, yeah, with the acoustics because yeah. they have a higher action and stuff. But sure. yeah, she she's like, oh no no no, you're gonna be fine. I'm like, no, I'm my fingers are gonna really hurt for at least the first few weeks. You know, it's that's yeah, you gotta build build up the calluses. Yeah, that's that's just how it's gonna be. But yeah. yeah. So, I'm getting a guitar. Oh, jeez. What? I forgot to mention when it was 116, 116. Oh. Dang it. Such a loss. I guess we can start over. Well, no, you know, maybe <laughs> next month I can do 216 on on 216, you know. Actually, I'll, I think I'll be in. I'll be traveling that weekend, so I guess I can't. But anyway, so that's, that's that story. Uh, I had uh, a birthday as well. Oh, that's right. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. And, and for my birthday, somebody... Um, so are you 110 now? No. <laughs> Do I sound 110? 312, right? Uh, yeah. 312. Oh, yeah, yeah, dog yeah, years, yeah, yeah. dog years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so 312. Let's see. Where are they? Print. Nine. 312 divided by seven. I thought it was seven. Oh, Maybe right. Nine, nine for cats, seven for dogs. Oh, yeah. You're not... You're not. Oh, that I did... Three, yeah, three twelve. It's like, like forty four and a half. Yeah, yeah I guess not. It's so. close enough. I'll be forty four <laughs> again. Uh, so are you seventy? No, 52? I'm, I'm, I'm forty six. Forty six. Yeah, ah. So when the, the yeah, it's it's easy to know my age. I tell my kids and anybody that cares. <clears throat> the last digit of the year is always the last digit of my age. Hmm. So that's how I remember it anyway. Uh, but uh, someone on uh, what are you on Thuvnet or he sent me a, a net mail I don't remember email anyway he pointed me to the discussion on Fidonet the uh, Fidonet SysOps Echo and uh, was saying oh you know the the reliability of Synchronet and SBBS Echo is oh, come yeah. under fire and you know you, you go should, defend uh, your honor yes yes you should <laughs> you know, go over there you know and fight O-Net. join the fight fight and um some you know this guy uh what's his name michelle or whatever his name is uh michael or maybe uh, i think it's might be michelle it's it's kind of it's a it's a like a is it norwegian i don't know uh, uh, dutch whatever his name is anyway right. um and he's like i think he's kind of a he's like the ftsc guy now right He's mm-hmm. the technical standards guy for Fidonet. And, and he's knows. writing new docs. I mean, or, he, he, they he's copy documenting and paste. stuff. I, I wouldn't call that Still, really. I mean, it's ending up on the FTSC yeah. website where it should have been for the last 30 years and hasn't. So, I mean. Well, I, yeah. I wouldn't call what they have up. The new stuff is not. Well, it's not the any old better stuff than the is old all stuff. crap too. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, it's not yeah. any better than the old stuff. Yeah, as specifications go, there's some of the. Uh, least comprehensive specifications uh, I've encountered. But horrible. But I mean just having the spec is great. So uh, well like I said, you copy and pasted from product documentation that's been, you know, I don't forever. think like that that tick file format, I, I think that was all new work. Oh. I, I didn't know, read that it, one. Okay. Well that that's the one I happen to know is he like wrote it in November and it it was it was actually that's why I wrote Ticket. Have we talked about Ticket? We mentioned it at the end of Okay. So anyway, yeah. carry on with your story. Okay, so, you know, he's call- he said, you know, I think his first comment I saw was like, get rid of that buggy synchronet. 
because I guess somebody was missing mail somewhere. This is Fidonet. I mean, this is always going on. Right. And uh, Fidonet is the Synchronet hate network. <laughs> well, it's just it's always going on that people are missing mail, mm-hmm. uh, especially now because like there's so few people and that they don't they they can't really uh, be very picky about who they put in charge. You know, right? Different coordinators. And they don't want to put Bob Seaborn in charge of everything for some reason. I mean, uh, he does a yeah. great job. Well, if I don't he know, was maybe, in charge of everything. But he's in charge of most of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, so apparently there's some people that have an extra grind or whatever, and they just, hmm. they'll cut people off. They'll, like, cut off echoes for certain people or just cut their links. I don't know what they do. I, I really don't know the whole story. I don't really care. But right. apparently there was enough um, power in the hands of individuals who, who you know, would use that power uh, badly. You know, well, or they were actually it. using it according to the rules, right? Because echoes Maybe. are supposed to be yeah. terminated if they're not renewed by the moderator every year or something like <laughs> that, knows? right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's all kinds of the stupid rules in FidoNet that don't really make any sense anymore. And right. And if someone was actually doing them, if someone was actually enforcing them, I could see how they would seem arbitrary because they are. It's just they're yeah. historically arbitrary. Yeah. They're not... I mean, yeah, they're always pulling out some old Fidonet document and using it as, as some kind of fodder for, or whatever, some kind of ammunition mm-hmm. to say, you know, you're, you're violating such and such, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but, you know, when he called Synchronet Buggy, that kind of got in my craw. Um, I, uh, well, I have spent years ensuring that there is a high number of bugs in Synchronet, <laughs> so I, I would like my efforts acknowledged at least you know i i break more than i fix (laughs) (laughs) you're infamous for it i am yes um i i i almost don't i i in this case i didn't bother clarifying but the software he was talking about was sbbs echo which Mm. is included with synchronet it's part of the synchronet package but it's not actually the bbs software it's an it's a separate it's piece of software right. that uh, it's a separate program is actually originally written by somebody else you know um, who I paid t- to write it you know but I didn't really have immediate you know inter- you know for oversight over or whatever um, mm-hmm. and I've been kind of maintaining it and enhancing and you've made some some enhancements or fixes mm-hmm. um, over the years but generally it's not something we take a lot of interest in. Right, because it's fine on it, which yeah. generally is something we don't take a lot of interest in. Right, right. I mean, I just the only reason why I ever joined Fidonet or, or supported it was because there were people that wanted it, mm-hmm. other sysops, you know, that wanted it. I had really no interest in Fidonet, but you know, there were other people that wanted to run my software and wanted to be on Fidonet, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And it's like, wow, the software is crap. Wow, these specifications are crap. Wow, this network is crap. <laughs> I mean, there's just kind of like one. Uh, surprise after another about how crappy it was. And it hasn't really improved. I mean, they, they, you can't fix anything about Fidonet. That's one of the biggest bummers about it. Mm. Um, but uh, apparently, some of these guys, their idea is rather than it being a um, uh, like a star topology, instead, yeah, have a hierarchical t- topology where the messages all go one way and, and terminate on end, end nodes and Instead, they're going to have kind of a mesh network where, you know, the messages all go everywhere and, and you know, they rely on, on duplicate detection to, you know, not import the same message more than once. Um, circular route detection, that kind of stuff. 
And uh, so they're calling this phytoweb. I don't think that's an actual like technical term or whatever, but a lot of them kind of... None of them are technical terms. I mean, they make every term up themselves. Right. So, so they've, they've been... Re- this is the first I've heard of it. I mean, I'd never heard of it before, right. you know, a week ago. And uh, but I knew, did know that they were kind of doing this, or at least that they were violating like some of the zone, you know, the old zone uh, rules. So, uh, well, FireNet was broken to like basically the the, the um, continents, or maybe it's bigger regions in the continent. But like you know, North America was zone one, Europe was zone two, and yeah, Asia was zone three. Yeah. You know, but they never really had the rules for that. There, there never really was rules because there was only one person who was supposed to worry about that kind of thing. Well, that was kind of a rule that you don't connect directly to somebody in another zone right, and right. infect them with messages because there's an official <laughs> gateway to that zone. Yeah. It's one system. Well, you're allowed to do it with netmail. Sure, netmail, but that's different. Yeah. I'm talking about echo mail. Right, right. And mm-hmm. so they had zone gates. And apparently now, I guess the zone gates. They have their own political leanings or whatever, so they'll pick and choose what message areas they'll include. And uh, they've always done filter. that, though. Well, now I, mean, I guess it's bad. So anyway, so they're creating kind of this mesh, and and they're they're crossing zones ad hoc. You know, just mm-hmm. whenever. Yeah. Uh, you know, any system can can link to any other system, regardless of whether it's in a foreign zone or not. And so, the, and and there's all kinds of this this duplicate circular path detection in FidoNet that doesn't account for that. It, it assumes that all the messages that you're directly importing and exporting to are all within the same zone. So, right. yeah. So, you know, they've come up with this, these new rules, basically, you know, saying, you know, you can't have duplicate uh, addresses in another zone. So they're all unique. So this kind of makes the zones part stupid. You might as well just get rid of that. Right. But it, it makes the zone useless. And, and it also makes all, a lot of old software, the old rules, no longer apply, you know. And, and SBBS Echo, and I'm kind of derailing here from the topic, but, I mean, it can still behave in the old way, but it also has a new option, which I call zone blind. Uh, and you can tell it, okay, you know, these first four zones, you know, one through four, is, is really one network. You know, treat um, any network and node combination um, as unique and ignore the zone part you know so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you know and that allows you to do the the duplicate and the circular paths uh, detection stuff um you know just because they didn't they didn't ha- originally have a zone in FidoNet, it was a newer feature right and they just never really updated uh, you know a lot of the technical parts to account for that uh, they still don't like in packet headers and stuff everything's kind of tacked on with what they call Right. Kludges or you call kludges? Well, not everything was. I mean, they did do new packet formats and stuff. You know, like the 2.0 packet and 2.2 and Right, 2. but those, those uh, they add support for, like, points but not zones or vice versa. I mean, it's it's not... <laughs> yeah, the, the whole 2.2 and 2 plus packet stuff is pretty ugly. You know, they, yeah, they, they really yeah. needed a new packet. So there was people that defined a new packet format, but they, I don't think it was ever accepted. Which the 3.0 that yeah. supports 5D and everything? Probably that one. Yeah. I know there's a 3.0. Yeah. I don't know that it's an official 3.0, but I know there's an FTS spe- uh, FTSC spec on it. Right. Anyway, the, the the point of this story though is that I have been for the past week uh, enhancing SBBS Echo, uh, going through the code, cleaning it up, rewriting it. Um, you know, main, the first thing I was doing was just trying to provide a ton of log output to uh, prove or disprove that there was a bug. Right. Um, and 
you know, for this one sysop who was having this one problem that caused these other guys to claim that there were bugs, um, you know, his problem ended up being that he didn't have uh, PK zip in his search path. Or it just wasn't configured properly or something. The, the the zip part didn't... The zip thing didn't zip. Yeah. I mean, right. he definitely didn't have it in his search path. And, you know, they're like, well, how come, you know, sometimes it zips? And I'm like, I don't I have that, that doesn't make any sense to me. It should never zip. You know, his command line didn't have the absolute path. It didn't right. have a relative path. It just was, you know, zip such and such. You know, PK zip, you know, mm-hmm. file name and... And then the file to put in it, and and you know that should never work, you know, and and uh, if it did, I don't know why, you know, it, but uh, anyway, it, it doesn't nothing really to matter. do with SBBS Echo. <laughs> really, yeah, it had nothing to do with SBBS Echo, but you know, in the process of going through it and figuring out how this code works, most of which I didn't write, you know, I'm I'm trying to put in a, a lot of meaningful log messages. Um, helpful things for diagnosing issues with it. And then I'm noticing stuff like, you know, well, this doesn't really make sense. Why does it do this thing, you know, repeatedly when it, you know, yeah. only needs to do it once or, you know, this code is very similar to this other code. And um, Yeah, and I, I'd noticed similar things when I was um, adding features, but I was just concerned about adding the feature. I, d- I was not interested in fixing that code because that is old, hard to look at code Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, and, and it complicates things that it, it operates in two modes. One is for attach mailers, which mm-hmm. are the front door and uh, intermail, and a lot of these where they they, um, they they attach the echo mail as as a an archived attachment they called a bundle. Uh, they attach that to a netmail message, and then they send the netmail message to the to the link. Um, and then the other style is what they call the Binkley style outbound or a flow mailer. And it uses a different scheme where it has a, a file that lists basically the individual uh, packets or bundles. Um, mm. And there's no like inter- there's no other netmail message you know that it's attached to. Uh, it's actually I think that's a cleaner scheme. And then there's you know people start talking about this third scheme, which were uh, file boxes, which is basically like a, just a directory that you can copy files into. Um, anyway, and. and uh, you know, looking at this code, it's like, well, you know, I could see possi- possibilities for how things could not be in sync, where there could be conflicts. You pointed out that, you know, it wasn't doing this whole busy file thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, basically like a lock file that uh, BinkD supports and probably other mailers too, since it is actually part of the standard. Um, it wasn't, SBBS Echo wasn't doing that, so it's p- potentially files could be transferred while it was packing them or updating yeah. the flow file or whatever. Um, Which would still show up in the old logs. I mean, the, you would still see that. I don't know. I don't know how you, exactly how it would manifest itself in the log. In the logs well, in before the, in the Bink D log, it, it would say not transferring zero byte file or, some, or not transferring corrupt file or something like that. And mm-hmm. on the receive side, if it ended up with like a zero byte file, it would say, you know, not transferring or not it says something. I can't remember. Well, but, but it so, would be in so, the Bing D log. So Bing D g- goes back and modifies the uh, the flow file. The, the main flow file, what I call the flow file anyway, is is that text file that lists what files for uh, are waiting for the for the link. Mm. So the, let's say there's a Bing D session going on, and he, he sends four files, and he goes and, and, and rewrites that file. 
Right, he opens right. it up and removes those four file right. names as, or whatever. As, when it, as each one is separately transferred, it updates the file. I guess. I don't know how it works, right? But it, yeah. it could be, if, if, if SBBSECO were tossing at that time, it could also be trying to add files to that file. Right. You know, and there could be conflict there where right. it couldn't be opened or... Right, you know, it, it wouldn't quite cause what they saw, but it, it would cause something that could be mistaken for what they saw. I don't know. I guess in theory it could, but yeah. And then another possibility is if you run multiple instances of SBBS Echo concurrently, that can be mm. issue, uh, cause <clears throat> issues as well. You know, especially if you know the, both of them are exporting at the same time, or right. you know that that would really cause problems. So you know, I'm kind of like it's like one of these projects that you know I can I could keep working on it probably for six months or so. You know what I mean? I'd, or yeah. may, I guess it wouldn't take that long. To, I could rewrite <laughs> the whole thing in probably two right. months. Right. And th- so. that's really what Ticket was. Was So uh, Deep End was, is his alias. He was, he was having some issues with Tiny Tick, which was just a, a simple receive-only um, Tick processor, which a Tick processor takes files that are transferred over FidoNet and puts them into file file bases and adds them to your database and everything and announces to the world what files are available on your BBS and that kind of thing. And um, he was having an issue, and I kind of looked at the code, and I was like, okay, this is this is pretty bad. Um, here's the problem. Um, but to fix that really is a big job. Um, tell you what, if you just... If you just want to do this, I can write a simple little JavaScript thing that that does this, and yeah. you know it, it's it's easier to rewrite it from the specs from scratch than it is to understand exactly what's going on here and fix it. So you know, I I went ahead and did that, and it was like you know an hour or two, and I committed that to CVS, and I told DeepEnd about it. I'm like, there you go. He's like, oh wow, that was quick, and you know he ran that, and he's running it now. I so I have one end user, and then, <laughs> and, and then yourself, right? You're using it too, right? I am using it, but I I wouldn't notice if it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and then you know, uh, he with many aliases, access denied, um, Nick. Uh, <clears throat> he was like, well, you know, can it? can it actually do, you know, the more advanced stuff? And I'm like, well, no, it can't, but that would be easy to add, too. So I'm kind of in the process of updating that to make it uh, as complete of a tick processor as I care to write, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not I'm not there with SBBS Echo. I think, you know, there's there's enough there that's worth keeping, or at least it's a... It's a right, and the thing with SBBS Echo <clears throat> is that it has been used for 20, 25 years. Yeah. I mean, so it, if it was majorly broken, someone would have noticed back when people cared about that sort of thing. You would think so. That's why, right. you know, I'm always hesitant to go in and just change things because someone tells me it needs to be changed. Right. It's and, like, and well, it's been working this when way. It's, for, yeah. Especially when it's something that we, we don't really care that much about and we don't pay a large amount of attention to. So it's like... If, if FidoNet stuff just stopped working, it would take me months to notice on my BBS. Well, and I'm not a you hub, know. you know. 
Right. You know, a lot of these guys, everybody's a hub now, right? Because of the way they're doing this mesh network stuff. You know, most people have multiple links now, or at least, yeah. you know, a lot of them do. Some do, yeah. And, and mm. uh, well, it's kind of the new way. You know, certainly AccessD and Joe, who is kind of the source of this other uh, bug report in quotes. Right. And, um, and that, by the way, just for the record, just, just so that I can express my opinion on that, that is dumb. The whole phytonet thing even in the specs it says this does not work properly the specs do not allow this type of thing so the regional coordinators the net coordinators the zone coordinators they all have to collaborate to prevent this from happening so that the fact that you know a, a lot of software does have circular path detection duplicate message detection and all that is is really to allow these coordinators to do their job better it's not so that you don't need the coordinator right and it's to detect a mistake in the configuration not right and then the expectation is someone comes along and, and fixes that it's it's not so that y- you can just keep getting errors a lot and just ignore all of them yeah um you know if you really want to play with something else come up with a different packet format do do something different you know fix the the problem that that is the reason you can't do um, circular paths and stuff. Don't just gloss over it and ignore errors. <clears throat> well, and I have, you know, like this one guy from Zone Two telling me that you know, uh, you know, I've got bugs, you know, because my stuff is enforcing the zone policy, you know, <laughs> that was the policy. And as far as I read in it all the is, all yeah. the documents, it still <clears throat> is. So it doesn't make right. it a bug. It's like, you know, I, I added features to, you know, break all the rules and do it the way you want. But just because I don't have my system currently configured in that way doesn't mean I have a bug. Right. It's not supposed to work. Yeah. The fact that some of the software out there does get by doing that it is, is doesn't mean it's working. You know, I mean, the, the fact that that works means there's bugs because it's specifically not supposed to work. The the specs actually say this won't work. Yeah. So, well, I mean, a bug is unintended feature or unintended behavior. And in the case of SBBS Echo, I intentionally made it optional right. to, to behave it's, in this way. So it does behavior. violate the specs. It doesn't make it a bug. Right. It's but supposed to. <laughs> they're, they're so, f- you know, fast and loose with the word bug. It really drives me crazy because, you know, these guys aren't writing software. They're not contributing anything. All they do is sit around and, and point fingers and bitch about anybody else's software. And, you know, that's like. Well, sometimes there's bugs, you know. Yeah, sure. But you know what? If you're going to complain about a bug, report it. Yeah, be helpful. You know, you know like actually right. describe it. Don't just say get rid of that buggy software. Right, Stop and using then that it, and his software. response to that, he he was actually asked that, and his response was, "I don't run it, so I'm not the one that should report it." And it's like you're the one who noticed the bug, so you should be the one who should report it. Either report it to the person who's using it and tell him to report it upstream or something. Don't just say, you know this is a buggy piece of software yeah. and I know that because here's the secret bugs that I'm sitting on and you know well, it turns out there wasn't even a bug it was just <laughs> you know if you well, done some investigation bugs, you would have right? discovered I'm, that we're not saying there's no bugs no I'm not saying there's no bugs you know, I'm saying in this particular instance the it, problem they were having was buggy software yeah, yeah. you know it's not buggy software and the, this particular issue has nothing to do with any bugs that happen to be an SBBS Echo. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah. and I'm not saying there aren't any issues. I'm not saying there aren't any bugs. Uh, You know, I'm looking at the code and I'm, you know, thinking, you know, I I find bugs looking at the code. I'm like, you know, scenarios that could happen, possibly. 
you right. know, it's a, a complicated, uh, you know, setup, especially, like I said, when you're, you're, you're kind of supporting two different mailer types or architectures, you know, I'm thinking right. maybe and, get and rid and of the attached mailer, simplify the code. Right. And that's, that's really what I did with ticket. Anything that's anything that I don't think is the right way to do it. The single one right way is just not supported at all. It won't work, yeah. you know? So like, it's using the the packet password as the tick password. Now, technically, those can be different, but they perform the same role, just one for packets and one for tick files. So having them be different doesn't provide anything, and they don't actually provide any security. So given those tidbits, <laughs> it's, you know, just be glad I support a password at all. The only reason I support a password is because I managed to configure a, a tick password back when I signed up for FidoNet, so. Oops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know exactly why. I don't really remember, but. It's probably just uses your area fix password. Well, I, I do remember I was asked for multiple passwords, and I was like, well, I'll just make them all the same, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's what everybody and, does. Yeah. The session password, the packet password. Right. And I mean, if, if people are interested in fixing FidoNet, they're going to have to actually fix FidoNet. You know, they they can't just do a bunch of hacks and cludges and staple things together in a way that happens to work for five people in a little network yeah. or whatever. No, the way to fix FidoNet would be to start with a clean slate. Don't even bother calling it FidoNet. <laughs> <laughs> just start with a clean uh, sheet of paper, you know? That's not the only way. I mean, you could do a somewhat similar mechanism and you could actually work on fixing everything and stuff like that. It, it could be done, but... The way to do it is not to just staple things together until you have some kind of Frankenfido that does yeah. that happens to work for you most of the time. Except sometimes messages are lost. Well, even the FidoNet of the '90s was stapled together. Right. You know, you know, all the improvements to that point were not well designed. It wasn't designed to be extensible or enhanced. You know, it was all kind of tacked on and. Different right. people did different things different ways, and some of them became standards, some of them became standards later, and some of them were just pseudo-standards. And, and, and some of them are things you have to deal with because it's a bug in this piece of software that 15 people run, and you just have to deal with it because right, or just dumb you limitations can't just tell them the, to fix their software. Yeah, in the old software. Yeah. You, know, you have to deal with you know the old MS-DOS 8.3 file format limitations. <laughs> There's so much stupidity in yeah. FidoNet just because of that. Because of that one well, thing, you know, that nobody runs that software anymore. Historically, FidoNet has been populated with stupid people as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying everyone on FidoNet is stupid. I'm saying there's a lot of loudmouth stupid people on FidoNet. And surprisingly, there, there still is, right? You'd, yeah. you'd expect oh, it yeah. to die off. But the percentage seems to be constant. It's not a hu- it's not a really high percentage, right? It's maybe 5%. It may, might even be lower than 5%. But it's so pervasive that, you know, it's just, it's it's like there's, there's like 10 Mr. O's on FidoNet and there's only one on DoveNet. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, DoveNet has a lot more diversity. And I think it's, you know, part of that is, is it's a lot easier to join. I, I disagree with that statement. FidoNet has more diversity. Okay, diversity, diversity, okay, you're right. FidoNet has more diversity. Diversity of software certainly on FidoNet, but also they're more uh, sporadic, uh, you know, spread out geographically. Right, and and there's more discussion topics. And but most of the most of the discussion topics are are dead. I mean, there's most no most of the activity. echoes are dead. Right. 
But where there is activity, there's more discussion topics. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, FidoNet is way more diverse than DoveNet. Like, at least double. Maybe. Well, okay, so we get we get a lot of new blood in DoveNet. That's what I guess what we I'm do. thinking. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to join DoveNet. You'll see people join very lo- quickly yes. and be like, oh, I just set it up. Look, I'm here I am. Yeah, you know? I, I used PBSs in the 90s and... Wow, this is cool. I always wanted to be a sysop. Now I am. Yay! Yeah, and then they'll disappear just as quickly. Yeah. You know, with FidoNet, that doesn't usually happen because it's, there's a bigger barrier to entry. You know, it takes longer right. to get things set up and get your node number and your software working all right. And you just right. don't want to immediately tear down and lose all that work. So I think people stick around a little bit longer in FidoNet. But, you know, there's a lot fewer new newbies or new sysops, you know, right. joining or rejoining FidoNet. Well, and fewer newbies in every way. I mean, there's fewer users everywhere on all BBSs. There, there's fewer users than there used to be. The, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, Fidonet is it, it it still has value. It's just there's this the signal to noise ratio is really irritating. There is is really the problem, and and there's it's bad specs with bad software doing bad things in bad ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to approach, you know, everyone running Bink D and everyone using, you, you know, two plus packets and everyone. Did. So, I mean, it's, it's starting to get to the point where it's, it's enough, it's a small enough set of software being used that maybe it could be fixed, nah. you know. Oh, no, no, there's I, still I, a lot of I people don't have time zone information. Nobody has character set information. I mean, there's so many things. Right, that, but yeah. if, if people really cared, they could track these things down and fix them. And you don't need time zone information, right? I mean, anything you, you don't need that. If you if you don't care what actual time a message was written, then you don't need it. Right, and why would you care? It can take days to get to wherever it's going. So, I mean, the exact. Well, minute that it was then, written. And sometimes really that's, that's good to know that he wrote that two days ago. You know, and then right. even but though I just got it now, within 24 hours. I mean, no matter where it was wit- written or when, the, the timestamp on it's going to be within 24 hours. So, yeah. you know, it's. I, don't that's know. I, I find it interesting. I like to know when a message was written and in, in what time zone it was written, but, you know. Right. I, I would be interested in seeing that if you knew when the message was available to them, right? So, I mean, if you get a message, so you read a message on Monday, and a reply was written on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., and you read it on Friday, you know, um, it was written two days ago in reply to a message written five days ago, um, but it might not have, they might have replied as soon as it got to their system, and that's interesting stuff, too. I mean, if, if we're looking at interesting times you know, when it was on their system is also interesting. Yeah, when imported. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so th- there's a lot of stuff that's not there, but it that's not a major problem. Just fixing the stuff, the, the basic base of it, fixing that first, and then slowly extending the specs, clarifying the specs, adding 4D addressing to to the scene buys. Um, or just remove, go back to one one number. <laughs> yeah, go back to 2D addressing. No, just one number. Initially, it was one number. <laughs> yeah, but that's silly. 2D addressing, I think, is still good. Okay, so you go know. back to 2D addresses. That's all, that's all you right. need. That's all you sure, need. you know, just go back, look at it, and, and fix it. You know, and I think that it, it could actually be done. Um, 
I don't know if the the people are there who would do it, but I, I think it's possible. No, no. no. Yeah. I, I was in the F- I was a member of the FTSC for a bit. <laughs> I don't know whatever whatever that was, three or four years, whatever the duration of your uh, when you get Tenure you get voted in and mm. um and it, I guess it expires if you don't. Right, and the FTSC isn't a controlling body. No, it's it's, and it's worthless. It says so, like right on their website. We just document what shit people are doing. You know, people tell us what they're doing, and we post it. And if they're not doing that, then we'll remove the documentation. And sometimes we'll write new documentation that describes what we notice they're doing. You know, and that's that's really the role of the FTSC. You know, it's it's like the RFC system for the internet. Yeah. You know, but if I were to do something new and then document it and, and give it to the FTSC, it'd be shit all over. Well, you can't so? do something new. <laughs> Most of the RFCs are shit all over too. Yeah, I mean, true. You know, you 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 do something new, you document it, you submit it to the FTSC, and say, "There, I'm doing it." Yeah. And you know, in the in the old days, if you broke software, your network coordinator would come down on you or your regional coordinator would say hey you know you're breaking this thing you have to either fix it or, or deal with it you know and you know it would get worked out but that's that's not you know they're they're moving away from the coordinator system so you can't even do that anymore well what i found is a committee of one gets a lot done <laughs> so uh, I've done a lot with QWK networking over the past 25 years. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I know I noticed that like Mystic Guru, the author of Mystic, added QWK networking support, I don't know, within the past few years. Mm. And I think that was primarily just, you know, to get DoveNet or get, you know, easy networking in addition to FidoNet. Right. Um, but I don't know how much of... You know, my extensions or Quickie or whatever he's got implemented. Um, I doubt. Well, it's there there is good documentation on your extensions, and I think you put that on the wiki too. So, I mean, no excuses not to. Eh, I don't think it's all documented because there's, you know, there was good documentation on on the QWK net netmail, especially when it was routed. Right. It used to be DevNet was a star topology. Mm-hmm. Uh, now everybody, well, I don't know what you call it. Everybody links to me. <laughs> It's a star topology. I guess. It's more like a flower. Uh, okay, so it was more like no, a hierarchy that's a star. before. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was more like a tree. Yeah, before it was like a tree. And now it's a star. Yeah. Um, so most net mail is not routed. It's just, you know, goes from one point to the next. So it's a lot of code is really not needed. Um, but uh, all the other features, like all the stuff we're talking about, all the header information. You know, yeah, all that it, extra stuff so you can actually trace when it was imported into a specific PBS right, and right. who wrote it and when, mm-hmm, what the, the IP local address time was. And, yeah, all kinds of security information yeah. if you really yeah, want to Yeah, don't that. tell anyone. It's all secret. We're just hoping nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't try to be anonymous on a, on DevNet. It's not going to work too well. Well, I'm actually setting up a new BBS that does not ask for, you know, your firstborn and, you know, seven security questions and everything. Yeah. Still going to have your IP uh, address, though. Well, it might, it might not. I might anonymize that. It's not hard to do. You could have a simple sure. JavaScript thing. Just go ahead and set it to one two seven zero zero one. Sure. Yeah. Or you go through a proxy or whatever. Well, uh, you know, because it it is scary. Like, I mean, you know, today's generation has been taught don't give a website 
you know, very much information. If they start asking for information and you're not, you know, going, you don't trust them. You know, they're not a they're not a trustworthy web store. They're not Amazon or whatever. You know, you, you go to batteries by Bob or dot com. You don't want to give them a lot of information, that kind of stuff. And then you say, hey, check out my BBS. And it says, you know, what's your real name? What's, what's your, your phone birthday? Number? <laughs> what's your sex? What's your phone number? What's your location? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, all, very all these things. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, that's that's not good. I'm oh, not yeah, going to do yeah. that. BBSs ask a lot more probing information than most websites do. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think the days of that kind of thing. And you're not, you're not going for a local user base anyway. So, it's not like... You're going to phone up your users and say, hey, I noticed that you uh, signed on and you had a problem. You were talking with the guru. That wasn't actually me. Um, Can I speak to Jimmy, please? Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. So why are you asking your users for their phone number? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I always do call back verify before you get upgraded <laughs> to level 10. <laughs> you know, yeah, that that kind of thing isn't happening anymore. So so the stuff that grew out of that doesn't need to happen either. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, running... If, if you write BBS software, allow anonymous things. I'm, I'm now considering trying to convince the Synchronet author to have the default configuration ask a lot fewer questions. Oh, I, I, I think you would probably be fine with that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll bring it up next time I next time I have a, a design um, discussion about the next release. <laughs> you know, I, I was actually looking at um, anonymous message base because I was doing something with message. Yeah, I noticed stuff. that I logged on to your BBS just before this call actually, and I noticed your anonymous message bases and all your test message bases and stuff. Yeah, I think only you and I can see that. Yeah, probably. Uh, I hope so because I insulted you in them and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was curious because I don't think many people use that that feature. Mm. You know, you can have a, a message base that uh, is either optionally anonymous or always anonymous. You know, forced right. anonymous. Forced anon- yeah, anonymity. Yeah, and then the sysop can always see who actually posted stuff. So you're not really anonymous to the sysop. You're just anonymous to other users. And if it goes on a message network, uh, especially if it's going to mm. be DoveNet or <laughs> a QWK network, uh, and it's got all the, the all cool the sysops features can enabled, still tell, huh? All the sysops can still tell. Yeah, then they'll all be yeah. able to really tell who you are. And that's yeah. stuff I was kind of thinking about, you know, maybe... Fixing. In, in, yeah, well, no, I wouldn't do network. I was just like, well, maybe network. You can have, like, an anonymous DoveNet, and then it's kind of a test. Like, see how anonymous you really can be. Right. And, you know, like, you know it's... And, and how non-anonymous you are just from your writing style. I mean, anyone can spot a Mr. O post. <laughs> it's... You know, it's not hard. It's, yeah. it's angry, all lowercase, and stupid. So, I mean, it's straightforward to spot a Mr. O post. There's some other people who recently have been posting in all lowercase, and it's like, oh, wait, this isn't Mr. O. Yeah. So, it's a style yeah. thing. It's yeah, not it's new. a style. So, it's not I mean, original. Yeah. But, <laughs> but so there's a lot that, you know, you, you can tell it's the same person just from the writing style and then if, if they're they're also active in other subs you can figure out who it is so but yeah I, I definitely think anonymous anonymous messages should be anonymous right and I've never really you know. pursued that over a message network because right. there's so much about a message network where you know you're, you're you don't want because we've had problems with people kind of going crazy 
on DevNet mm-hmm. and being a problem and, you know, creating mm-hmm. lots of false accounts on lots of different systems and just spewing nonsense or vitriol or whatever. Uh, yeah. And it just gets annoying. You know, the noise, uh, everybody complains when that happens. So yeah. to, tr- to create a truly anonymous area where you really couldn't <laughs> track that uh, kind of is inviting it. Right. But, you know, it, it would basically devolve into FidoNet, I think. Yeah, it could always be that area that you, know, you like turn the, off. FidoNet, um, FN SysOps or whatever, the you know, one of those ones that it's always just flame wars. Anytime anyone says anything, they get flamed for it. Yeah. But, yeah, and then if, if it, you know, if, if somebody like Chinaman, you know, shows back up, and I don't mean a Chinese person, well, but I mean the, the guy with 4chan the alias. 4chan is a truly anonymous bulletin board. You know, slash B, uh, 4chan, the, oh, the hacker it, known yeah. as 4chan. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been um, on it. Well, uh, slash B is is completely anonymous. Okay, right, and and that's that's well, you how say it is. right, but I don't know that. Well, it is okay, and I'll take um, for it. you know, and and so there's all kinds of crazy, but it's fun sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's 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 anonymous and crazy, right? Because you know that you can just say anything, and none of it's going to come back on you, and it, it would be hard for Synchronet to provide that because. Um, just establishing the trust with the user that it actually is anonymous yeah. would well, be tough. Unless yeah, every just everyone logs on log as, or something. Everyone logs in as guest and yeah. uh, through a proxy or something. You know, yeah. it's it, it would be hard to to actually establish that level of trust. Right. Anyway, if, as a quick time check, we're at like ninety minutes now. Oh, really? Ooh. So I mean, just. Just throwing that out there. Okay, uh, it's okay. Eighty minutes, eighty minutes. Yeah. It's not ninety, but okay. uh, yeah, our last our last show was was eighty minutes. So it was like, it was long too. So yeah, okay. I think it's I, time I to think this will be interesting, except and maybe insulting to some and interesting to others. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, FidoNet is fixable, but I don't think it will ever be fixed. Not no. yeah. not as long as it's FidoNet. Oh, wow, that was delayed. (laughs) I started those things like 10 seconds ago. (laughs) The crickets and then the music. Well, I I am going to make significant improvements in SBBS Echo and have a new version out pretty soon. Yeah, and I plan on making tickets so it supports downlinks and stuff. And uh, it's not a high-priority thing because I don't expect people will use it, but... You know, now I'm mildly interested in it, so it's... Yeah, it's, it's a project. Yeah, it, yeah, it's an open project. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's how successful projects happen. You know, you didn't expect people to use SyncTerm, and it's like, I don't know, very, very successful, I think. It's successful enough that it has haters. Yeah. That That's how you know you're successful in the BBS world, is when people complain, oh, you use SyncTerm, you sell out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even... <laughs> Guru was listing all the most popular terminals. He didn't even list mtelnet. I guess mtelnet has totally fallen out of favor now. It's, I don't think it's supported much anymore. Oh, no. It hasn't been supported in like 20 years yeah. or 15 years or something. So yeah, he was really listing the uh, supported ones like Codem uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, see you next week. All right. Have a good one. Sweet dreams. <laughs> okay. Go to our website, techdorks.net. Send us email. Send us money. Something. Complain about us. 
Yeah, Report post bugs. on internet. Tell us how buggy our software is. Yes. It we makes like us that. angry. So angry that we fixed the bugs. <laughs> I know. It's a, it, it works as a motivator. It's unfortunate. <laughs>